1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our roundtable partner, RHF. That's Rick Hamer Foundation. Today is Saturday, August 5th, 2023. August is National This Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clemens, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Now here with us today and also out today is digital media producer Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. But we are live still on WVN.com. Log into WVN.com if you want to see what we look like. But you can always hear us, of course, on the radio, AM 1690, WVON. Our panelist today is Colin Garita, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, commanding at Fort Fort Eustis, Virginia, United States West Point graduate, a servant of the Special Operations Community, author and father of three. And he has authored Always Endeavor, a developmental guide for extremist leaders. How are you doing today?
0: Hey, Sean. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: So we want to talk a little bit about your book and what you did, but also RHF and what it does for families. But tell me a little bit about your book. I wanted to, to read the uh, the foreword or one of the uh, the, the forewords that was written for your book. That I thought was really interesting. It was written by a man we all know, retired U.S. Army General, Stan McChrystal. He said, probably not the book you were expecting, Battle Proven Warrior. Colin Greta has encased his fascinating experiences in a true tour de force guide to becoming the person and leader of most of us aspire to be brilliant captivating and absolutely practical always endeavors a hip pocket reference to life that once again is from retired u.s army general stan McChrystal. so tell us what made you write this book and then i have a lot of questions to follow up on that and then i want to lead into rhf and how that can also help people and help families uh, unleash a lot of the things you want to kind of have bottled up with military lifestyle and military life in general but what is that what made you write this book
0: well, uh, you know, since you mentioned that that endorsement, um, I should probably tell a quick story on, on what that was all about. So I, I didn't know him. You know, obviously we, we served in the same community. Um, I had met him once before at a wedding um, where the best man was kind of uh, was, was hot, standing up next to the groom, and uh, possibly nervous. Whatever it was, he was about to pass out. And uh, General McChrystal and, and the other general sitting beside him behind me were laughing and kind of poking me in the shoulder They're like hey your buddy's about to fall out and I'm, I'm, I'm like sitting there admonishing these generals like hey this is a wedding like settle down you know um well years later i'm, I'm writing the book and you know i was looking for endorsements. i thought hey maybe i should i should get some some people to endorse this thing and so i i just cold called him um sent it to him sent him the manuscript and uh he he, he reached us back out uh the next day and i'm thinking oh it's only 24 hours later he, he must have, just have some questions uh, so, uh, I start reading the email and says, Colin, this is not what I was expecting. And I thought, wow. Oh, this is what, you know, rejection sounds like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and when he continues on and says a whole bunch of really nice things about the book. And then he says, uh, you know, he, this is what I'm prepared to say. And I was, I was blown away. Wow. Um, you know, and, and, and really thankful for his endorsement, um, and he he was kind of the first of of what have become many you know outside of uh, special operations community the probably the most common feedback I get is hey I, I'm I'm raising my kids with this framework or um, you know it's this isn't just for you know leaders in a dangerous environment this is for all leaders so I, I appreciated him him kind of broadening out the the aperture there but uh, you know to 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 your question um, I I wrote it because you know I I had known I wanted to be a part of the special operations community since I was 12 years old. Um, and then when I finally got there, I realized, oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I do every single day that we really never trained for. So I kind of brainstormed all those gaps and uh, came up with a framework in 2012. That was very busy for the next uh, at least six years and uh, never touched it. <laughs> and then wow. When I finally did, it took me about two years to write it and uh, and I published in 2020 uh, with what I would hoped was uh, a, a, a meaningful contribution to our special operations community. So do you
1: believe that leadership comes out of the military, that military is pretty much the, the father or the mother of leadership? Or do you see that leadership, the things you know about leadership today, were there those things that you learned outside of the military school and then brought to the military? Or, or is it a mixture of both?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think he kind of nailed it there at the end. I mean, one hand washes the other in this case. Um, you know, it, 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 there, there are things, you know, we, we put we put things like combat, extreme circumstances on kind of a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's something to be learned there, but I, I think we kind of misinterpret why. But I, I think the why is um, because it's in the extremes that you see human nature, um, psychology stripped bare, you know, and you see both the very, very best in people and the very, very worst. And so it's in those extremes where, you know, if you're able to lead there, uh, pick yourself up through stress, cold, tired, hungry, mean, this is what they teach you at ranger school, right? Or, or this, is, this is what you learn through the process of ranger schools, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to, how to pick yourself up in those extremes and can compose yourself, think and lead um, despite all the rest of the external uh, environmentals um, yes there's there's certainly something to be learned there that said you know um, if we only if we only take our lessons from our military experiences then we we treat a lot of blind spots and I think the the other hand washing the military one is is You know all that that private business is able to offer and and new frameworks uh new problem solving methodologies and and uh things like that so um i've certainly benefited from kind of the non warrior centric leadership uh lessons that i've I've learned through um largely the red team leader course um and any of my own self-study about private business
1: Mm. and also i think a lot of people were kind of surprised by because I think oftentimes when people hear the word leadership, one of the first things they do that does come to mind either things if they're a civilian they might think of a CEO of a corporation or the boss at their job, um, but oftentimes if you dig a little bit deeper, most people have the image of that drill sergeant or that com- that general who's you know who's uh, standing in front of a crowd and telling them what to do and giving orders and all this type of stuff, but in reality, the tools of leadership oftentimes don't necessarily involve that military-centric or military um, uh, uh, guide or scope or that or those parameters. Oftentimes, it's, there's things that you can do and learn to be an effective leader that could be applied to any part of life. It could be applied to fatherhood, could be applied to motherhood, could be applied to your business, your job, you know, even your personal life. Um, what are some of the things you think are really important from your experiences that, that most leaders need to uh, consider that maybe they haven't considered?
0: Oh gosh. You know, that's that's a really that's a really broad question. Um, you know, um and, and I want to give a thoughtful answer here. So um I, I'm I'm led initially to kind of the habitual um, or, or uh, common weaknesses I see in, in thought processes and then some of the uh not so obvious things. So you mentioned kind of that image of the military leader like barking orders and stuff like that. Well, I think the movies really kind of depict military leaders as more decisive than they than they actually ought to be um or or that they are uh, the most the probably the best leaders and, and there's a time component here you know what i mean in 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 short time spans you know when you, we don't have uh that as as a resource and, and you just got to get stuff done, yeah sure you got to be very decisive right but um typically the best leaders i've ever seen they're very deliberate they're very thoughtful and they're able their absorptive capacity for managing multiple variables in their in their head at one time and seeing how they all evolve in time and space is enormous right Mm. um so so i you know it seems to me that that some of the attributes they're they're more introverted they're more deliberate um and kind of have that capacity to weigh many many variables uh at once, more so than the image that Hollywood kind of portrays. Um, now, as far as uh, as far as the things that I typically see weaknesses in, um, you know, this has all kind of coalesced for me very recently. So I I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm dealing uh, currently with, with things that are that are um, going to take effect years and years down the road. You know, decade or more down the road, mm-hmm. and um, what I, what I'm struck by is one, um, you know, I, I wish we got a little bit more of of a uh, education in economics, so that senior leaders would have a command of economics, because what that teaches us is, you know, um, how how human psychology interplays uh, with with limited resources. You know, because take, take the dollar signs away, but we are all uh, practitioners of economics in the military when we manage our resources. Um, the other thing is uh, all the lessons that trickle down from that are, are, are things like weighing out the um, opportunity costs. You know, so if I do this, you know, what what would be what's the opportunity that I'm losing out on because I do that um, forecasting? You know the downstream effects, so we aren't surprised by by the what we always call unintended consequences. It's it's mental habits like that that um, I wish there was a little bit more of a mechanism for for building that into the habits of thought of our senior leaders uh, than than I've seen. You know, and I'm, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm a big Army fan. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, so uh, uh, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to be a, a thoughtful professional and, and kind of. What are those things that, when when people rely on you to make decisions that are going to be not only effective now but years from now, um, you must have those as, as uh, sound mental habits.
1: Mm. So, what made you join the military, and also how did the, how did you get from that transition from being in the military, which you still serve? Founder, is that correct? You're still a lieutenant colonel. Yes. And stuff for you, Virginia. So, when you, so mm-hmm. as a, as being in the military, then also coming to the out the Ray Cameron Foundation. How, what made you start? At this extreme going into the military and then focusing on what people do not just in the military life but when they get out of the military how they can embrace their families and become um, leaders in their families
0: okay yeah wow okay so yeah let's see so when yeah when i was 12 years old uh, i remember the battle of mogadishu i remember the 18 americans that gave their lives and i and i really remember uh, president clinton giving randy shugart and gary gordon's wives the medals of honor for their uniquely heroic actions in Somalia. Um, now, 12 years old, that's a kind of an oddly young age to know what you want to do in life. But even then, I strongly sensed that my purpose in life was, you know, to be a protector. And I knew that I was going to fulfill that purpose by following in the st- footsteps of those men and honoring their legacy. So, um, you know, and I guess, I guess, <laughs> I, I just can't, I can't say, I can't tell that without kind of telling the story about how I... More or less stumbled on on how to frame my purpose in life it, i actually found it in an article of the economist where <laughs> they uh, quoted a philosopher mary midgley um where she said what we truly aim for is the health prosperity and welfare of whatever people whatever purpose we most honor cherish and love i think i got that right um <laughs> so sounds uh, like a
1: good description of economics um, yeah. <laughs>
0: For me, that that purpose that or that people that she describes—that's collectively my family, friends, and my country. Um, so, so that's what I, I imagined. And and in the pursuit of that purpose, you know, protecting the health, prosperity, and welfare of my family, friends, and country, I've become a servant of the special operations community, as you said. In um, those cognitive, the social, the physical, emotional challenges that come with service in the in the special operations. Uh, community they've allowed me to realize the fullest expression of, of that life's purpose. So That's what got me interested uh, In military service. Uh, does that does that serve to answer that part of the question?
1: Yeah, and I can already see the the underlying uh, similarities between the work the RHF does As a continuation now of what you are already are doing and already have been doing in the military
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent now <laughs> You know, then then comes the, the, the part of your question where it's you know, how to become a leader um, of your family it, through all of that. Well, you know, we always talk about this, uh, this work-life balance thing, right? And uh, depending on where you look, there could be a lot of cynicism in the warrior culture uh, revolving around that magical unicorn we call work-life balance. Um, I'm not one of the cynics. Um, for me, I'm comfortable with... I, I mean, I can empathize with the cynics, but but at the same time, I'm comfortable with what I see as a balance that's found over time, but not at all times,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if that makes sense.
1: Makes perfect sense. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean any career uh, you'd pick that, that serves a meaningful pursuit is going to have times where the demands of work are out of balance with the time you have available for your family. And in those times, it's important to ensure that the family knows that the sacrifices are worthy it's important to be a force for unity rather than division you know helping your family coalesce in times of hardship and to thank your family abundantly for the sacrifices that you chose but they bear alongside you mm. but then on the other hand you know if you're paying attention there are also those times even in those very demanding careers where you can lean into the family more and either pay it back or pay it forward whatever may be, be the case right and i i suppose recognizing and exploiting those those opportunities is is really the trick and and that that's a space where i'm not really i i i certainly don't have a, a, a beautiful mind on on how to do that so i've i've learned a lot uh from other fathers that have have uh, guided me in that space
1: so what's the most fun thing you like to do at at rick's place which is the that's the center where It's like they're the the I I guess you might call it a big playground, but it's an obstacle course that is outside of is that Romeo the is it Fort Benning was it or was it at?
0: Uh, so so now Fort Liberty Liberty. was Fort Bragg. Okay, there in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yep, Um, yeah, beautiful property where they have uh, they have summer camps. Um, They have a uh, um, like you said the. the obstacle course. They run some fun events uh, with with a ninja warrior designed obstacle course for both uh, kids and adults. A uh, couple times a year, they've got a fishing pond, hiking trails, um, one of the coolest treehouse you know forts you've ever seen. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I mean, when we talk about finding that work life balance, and we talk about strategies for exploiting the, the the times where you can, you know, pay it forward with your family. Uh Rick's Place is obviously a great place to do it, right? Cuz it I guess because there's not a lot of distractions, right? Mm-hmm. Um you, you're you're leveraged into focusing on each other in, in a in a space like that, right? It's it's not the okay, we, we we paid a lot of money and we we went and played a bunch of video games and at the end of it did we really bond in a meaningful way no at rick's place you're going to do that right so you know i I mean this 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 you know kind of conjures in my mind you know those lessons i have learned from other fathers you know i I guess three come to mind you know the first one is experience over things Mm -hmm. And, and it's funny uh some some of my neighbors down the street they uh they each have the same tattoo that actually is that mathematical inequality it says experience over is greater than things and that's that's a that's a um, idea that was cemented for me when i when i took a trip to guatemala with my friends aj aj and greg uh years ago um and, and i decided that if you have a shared objective with and and, and and in achieving that objective you have shared responsibility and then you share in the pride of accomplishment at the end those things in combination create those meaningful experiences. And like I said, at Rick's Place, you're you're leveraged into, you're almost forced into those conditions. Um, Yeah, so when the next one, oh, uh, go ahead. No, no,
1: no. So when when families are there, they have a way to reconnect and also kind of detach and kind of separate themselves from... You know, the typical grinds of a military life or even if they're um, a retired military family, it's, uh, it's people that have left the military, whether they're veterans or a service, active service members, they can bring their families down there to kind of reconnect and reengage with each other. But taking that step, I think you, uh, you touched on something. Take being a leader, being, uh, either as, a, as the husband or the wife, to go down and actually make that that effort to do that thing, to make the, do that, make that connection to, to, to take out those resources, check out those resources and take advantage of those resources.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it, you say make the effort. You're, you're right. It's got to be a deliberate thing, right? Um, when you have the opportunities, fully exploit them and be ready with a plan, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make it, make it count. Because uh, because because work will come back and, and work will will have its own demands, right? And and, and we'll will throw that that work life balance back out of whack. Um, you know, and, and there's lots of ways you can do that. Uh, you know, even even beyond going to a place like Rick's place, where where you're kind of ripped away from your technology and, and, and put into you know forced into those those uh, conditions that that make meaningful experiences. I mean. It could just be something as simple as, you know, my, my friend Jared, uh, you know, who I really hold as a, on a pedestal as, as a father, you know, he, he was always like, yeah, I'm very, very busy, but anytime I'm doing anything, I have one of my kids with me. You know, he's mm-hmm. got seven kids. So, you know, he's, he's <laughs> always picking one or two of them to, to just help him out with anything. I mean, you're putting new windshield wipers on the car. Don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and And it's not just about them learning a skill and helping dad out or mom, right? it's yeah i'm guilty of it we we as parents we we tend to work ourselves to the bone we pretend like our gas tank didn't run out three hours ago and we pull it together we go do the family fun stuff right Mm -hmm. um but if the image of what life is like becomes too much like recreation and fun uh then we're setting ourselves our kids up for a really big emotional fall when the reality of life one day sets in and they realize you know, there's there's a lot of work behind earning the privilege of those fun times and the recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, life it's it's relentless in its responsibilities and brutal in its consequences if you fail in those responsibilities. Now, if you follow me here, real quick, um, I mean, modern convenience it's it's allowed us the luxury of delaying some of those consequences in many cases, but not fully escape them. That's the thing we always forget.
1: Um now how so back, for one second, back up for one second. So, how does how does the tech, modern technology help us delay the consequences?
0: Well, um, this is an easy one to pick on, but but there you can apply this you can apply this to just about anything, right? So, um, let's just say let's just say wellness. Um, the reality is, you need to eat well, you need to sleep well, you need to stay fit. You know, um, you challenge your mind, you need to manage your emotions, right? Uh, emotional wellness. Um, if you, if you avoid those realities in the modern day, the luxury we have, the effects are delayed way more than if, you know, you had to hunt your food, you know, um, if you had to, you know, um, you know, cook it, prepare it, defend your family, you know, going way back, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you you can you can live a pretty sedentary life, um, and delay the consequences of, of poor wellness strategies a pretty good long time in this world, right? Because we, l- we live in air conditioned buildings, and you know our food can be brought to us by a phone call and that sort of thing, right? Mm. But one day, you know the the heart heart disease is going to set in, or just any mm. you know high cholesterol or whatever whatever the the ailment is that, that comes the downstream effect of that of choosing um to avoid the the reality of wellness right and even then there's probably a pill that can help further delay the consequence but mm. there will come a point where where you're between a rock and a hard place and at that time um at that time a lot of the options that were available to you they will have dried up um and you will be leveraged into very painful consequences with, with thin margins for failure. So um, that's just one example of how, how modern convenience is lot of that luxury of delaying the consequences, but you can't escape them. They will, they will come for you. Um, uh-huh. I, 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 would, I would encourage anybody listening to this to apply that to really anything that, that we're doing um, from national defense to you know, your day-to-day at, 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 in your kid's school.
1: Wow that I think that's really profound but all this, but it's so true that's a lesson for the ages because I never thought of it that way but in reality that is what that's what we do that's what we've been doing throughout history really we're in, we're in a path of trying to figure it out um, um, uh, there's people then in your space people in our space um, with uh, veteran service organizations people that are trying to uh, correct some of the, the the problems that we have in our society and in our culture um, but as a whole, we tend to put band-aids on things and prolong the, the inevitable breakdown of the car we're putting fixing our car with duct tape as opposed to taking the real right. effort and doing all the stuff that we really need to be doing um and it sometimes didn't make the
0: problem go away yeah instead of making <laughs> the, problem delayed, go away. Delayed just, the consequence
1: wow that's that's yeah. really that's, yeah and, i can see maybe, that now
0: you know maybe maybe this kind of untethering from reality sits at the root of you know, our increasing rate of mental health issues in America, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so I think the, the lesson here is that the most compassionate thing we can do for our kids and really anybody we mentor or care for is to guide them into the habit of confronting their responsibilities early. Mm.
1: I definitely agree with that. Wow. So, so in, in about another minute, we have about two minutes left. Um, tell us um, in more detail. How did you, how did you, when did you first get connected to RHF? And what made you really want to get involved with RHF?
0: Yeah, I mean, this this is such an easy one for me. I mean, it is a, a small world uh, story. So I, I had a friend I worked with in, in North Carolina years ago. His name is Jason. Um, you know, a few years pass, and we, we just bump into each other in a gym in Washington, D.C. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, I need some additional instructors for this uh, shooting Event that I'm I've got and I was like okay so uh, free shooting uh, mm-hmm. and and getting to hang out with Jason yeah I'm in just tell me when and where uh, and so um, as I got to know what RHF uh, was and the mission you know it, it, I see I see honoring those who protect and preserve the American way of life it, 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 the best thing we can do is tell their stories say their names uh, that's exactly what they do for Rick. Um, they they're all about strong family strong military strong nation that resonates with me um you know we, we all owe something to this this social contract and i don't mean that like in a marxist way i mean that like in a you know a clear understanding of the disastrous alternatives to freedom mm-hmm. and free market competition uh like I, I mean that in a hey we won the lottery by being part of america let's make sure that the mm-hmm. next generation has something to be proud of as well you know mm-hmm. um so uh so, yeah, that, that all resonates with me. So, suffice it to say, the mission of, of uh, the Rick Harriman Foundation is one I'm happy to serve. And as I tell the other volunteers at the shooting event every year, and I'm, I'm about to be a part of the force, force one. Um,
1: I got to cut you, I gotta cut you yeah. off. We just ran out of time. Uh, so, But okay. uh, thanks for your time and all the great information you have. And I also want to plug your book one more time. Always Endeavor, a, development, a Developmental Guide for an In-Extremist Leadership. A member of MentaE, as also Colin Greta. Thank you for your time. And also, check out that book, it's available on Amazon.com. This is America's Heroes Thanks, Group.
0: Sir, what a privilege.
1: My pleasure. We'll be right back.